I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I'm Jody Whites, your professional and life coach, making certain that you get nothing less than spectacular in your life. I'm here with Roy Osing. Hi, Roy. Hi there. All right. I'm looking forward to talking with Roy, but let's hear a little bit about him first. Roy Osing is a guy who took a startup to a billion dollars in annual sales. He is the only author, entrepreneur, and executive leader who delivers practical and proven, audacious, unheard of ways to produce high-performing businesses and successful careers. Roy is a former president, CMO, and entrepreneur with over 40 years of successful and unmatched executive leadership experience in every aspect of business. As president of a major data and internet company, his leadership and audacious unheard of ways took the company from its early stage to 1 billion in annual sales. He is a blogger, content marketer, and mentor to young professionals. As an accomplished business advisor, he's the author of the no-nonsense book, Be Different or Be Dead, with the audacious unheard of ways I took a startup to a billion in sales as his seventh. All right, Roy, that is is quite the lead in and bio. Um, I love your attitude. I love where you're going with this. And I can't wait to hear this. But let me ask you this. Why the why this kind of bio? Why setting yourself up against the world for somebody to say, no, Roy, I am more audacious or I am the only author, etc. Yeah, so um the the title, uh, Audacious Unheard of Ways I Took a Startup to a Billion was um was specifically designed to 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 actually describe what we were able to achieve. Um like we took an early stage data company and with some pretty interesting breakaway, I'll call them audacious moves, and I'll I'll explain in a minute why I chose the word. We we didn't know we were going to get a billion, but but looking back, and I still get goosebumps when I think about it. Uh, we actually did some pretty cool things to grow this business rapidly, um, and I'm pleased to say at the expense of of our competitors. <laughs> and and so when I was faced with the challenge of describing um, the content which by the way is simple how-to stuff. This is not rocket science. When you when we have this conversation, people are gonna go, that can't work. It's not complicated enough. <laughs> and life isn't complicated and leadership isn't complicated. So 
when I was when I was trying to tag this particular seventh book, I said, you know, what what are the words that that really describe what it is that we did? Audacious is a word that 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 uh, describes me perfectly. Mm. Okay, we did bold things, we did courageous things, we did risky things, we did painful things. That's when I learned that pain indeed was a strategic concept, Julie. Mm. <laughs> and okay. so it was a, a perfect word that that described the, the the character of what we as a team had to have in order to achieve the superlative performance that we were able to achieve. Now you referenced the only word. Uh, we can talk a lot about this because one of the basic uh, constructs of, of my work is differentiate, differentiate, mm -hmm. differentiate. And it's yeah. quite frankly, something that is not done very well in business today. I'll, I'll be bold enough and audacious enough to say that. I mean, if you look around, I call it claptrap. There's all sorts of claptrap out there where people claiming to be things that quite frankly are narcissistic. For example, there are companies that claim to be number one, mm. that claim to be the market leader, that claim to be better, that claim to be the best. Uh, and all of those words, which are, are expressions of what they think they are, hence the term narcissism, um, as opposed to creating a claim that customers can relate to and that is true. Okay. Mm. So one of the things I've had to do is create what I call my only statement. It goes like this. We are the only ones who we're not better. We're not best. We're the only ones that do what we do. Now, the interesting thing is you can't run and hide from that statement. It's binary. It either exists or it doesn't exist. You can observe it and you can, um, um, you can measure it. So when I say that I'm the only one that 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 offers audacious, unheard of ways, it's true. Nobody else talks about hiring for goosebumps. Nobody else talks about killing dumb rules. Nobody else talks about executing first, a planning second. And so all of those uh, tools and methodologies are mine and mine alone. I created them. And so, yeah, it's bold. Yeah. Absolutely. But you got to eat your own dog food here, Jody. You can't say be <laughs> audacious and not do it yourself. So that's so, me. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is, is you went ahead and you set up some, let's just say milestones and statements that you have to be accountable for. You're not, again, the, the tried and, and not so true. We're number one, we're the market leader, but what does that really mean? I mean, if you're coming through with clear, concise statements that the everyday person can understand that is different from another company or product, then Indeed, you are the only one. Am I getting that right, Roy? Yeah, look at it. It's sort of um, it's it's quite frankly a lazy way for somebody to try and declare their uniqueness. Mm. Okay, and in fact, it's it's dishonest in a way because when you say you're number one, it's like mm. according to who? Like who's <laughs> who claims that? Who yeah. makes that statement? Okay, it's not customer driven. Okay, the only statement process that I've created actually gets you to draft what it is you think you're unique at. You then go test it. You test it with employees. You test it with customers from two points of view. First of all, is it true or am I lying through my teeth? I need to know that first. And secondly, do I do it consistently? 
And so with those with those benchmarks and those results, you then draft your only statement, you go to market using it to declare your competitive advantage. And, and this is the key thing. It's always a draft. It's never permanent. Oh, I like how, how can you create permanence in a world that isn't? Right. And so the only right. statement lives on a day to day basis and survives on the basis of whether or not it continues to be true and relevant. OK, like there's right. a lot of people, in fact, that will claim they're really terrific, some, something that they think is important, but customers think is irrelevant. I mean, how insane is that? And yet it, <laughs> it proliferates all over the place. And right. so I'm a guy that likes to cut through all that stuff. I work with clients to create their only statement. And it's amazing what happens because most people will say, well, Roy, I mean, I'm not really, I'm not really special at anything. You know, it's kind of the one yeah. response that they'll make. That's I go, yeah, you are. Okay, we just need to work at it. Trust me. And in 48 hours, we've got their strategy created with an only state. And they go, wow, I never would have imagined that so, we could Roy, have done. Yeah, it, it, that, that's lovely. And, and I, I totally, I'm, I'm totally behind you with life as a draft. Life and business and products are about people change, the market changes. And um, the question is, who are we now and what makes us different? in the present moment. So how is it? Well because... said, by the way, well oh. said. Well, thank you. <laughs> what <laughs> is it, Roy, that you can dig and find and, and make people feel like their product or their service is different? What are some key questions that you ask to get at only? Yeah, well, the first question is, what do your what do your customers crave? And I use customers in a generic sense. It could be, what does your partner crave? What do your grandkids crave? Like this whole only statement thing, I use it in my own life. I use it in my personal life. I've got four grandkids, and I'm the only papa that does certain things. And I do it very, very strategically. <laughs> and they love it, right? So I create this thing. So the first thing you got to do is define what your your target caring group, if you want, um, craves, not needs. Like it starts out with like everybody loves to play. What do they need? What do they need? No, 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 no. That's not good enough. There's too many people playing in the needs space. Hmm. You got to figure out what people crave, what they lust for, what they covet, what they desire, what they expect. All those powerful emotional words because the world today is about buying on the basis of emotion, mm -hmm. buying on the basis of how people feel when they do business with an organization. And so the beginning of the only is I say, all right, who are your customers? And don't say the market because that's not right. You need mm -hmm. to be focused. You need to be focused on who you want to serve and then figure out what they crave. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't know what they crave, then we stop. Go find out because the rest of this thing depends on your understanding as to what they covet and what they crave. And people say, well, how do we do that? And I keep saying, go have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's okay. You know, you don't go up and say, Jody, what do you crave? Okay. Like, <laughs> like the dude on, uh, on that, that, that show, the, the devil show used to do that, right? He says, what do you really want? Right. That's not what I'm saying, but have a conversation yeah. and you will yeah. discover if we, you and I talk for half an hour, I will be able to figure out what you crave in my language, right? Mm -hmm. I won't ask you, but I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so once with that information, 
we then match it with our competencies. And we try and figure out a way, right, to match the competencies of the business with the cravings of who we want to serve. And with that connection, we now, we now start to drive out uh, our only statement. Let me give you an example. I, yeah. And this is, I love this because this actually ended up reframing the customer, the, the client's business. Because a lot of times what happens is your only statement doesn't come from who you are. It comes from who you need to be mm-hmm. to be successful. So here's an example of a company in Eastern Canada who thought they were in the boat selling business, right? Mm. And so we we did a strategy session and we went through this and it was awfully painful for them because they kept thinking of themselves as a boat building company, uh, right? They're a mm-hmm. boat selling company. Yeah. So we came up with their only statement that said this, this marine company is the only complete service partner committed to delivering solutions to grow a boat dealer's business. So they weren't in the boat selling business at all. They were in the business of growing the dealer's business. Mm. Now it happened to be that the competencies surrounded their anchor product, which was which was a boat, but that's not the value they delivered. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said to them, you know what? People expect boats not to sink. They expect <laughs> boats to go. Okay, what they won't expect is when you come in and you start talking about inventory terms. That's what you do. That's what's going to make you unique. Yeah. So we framed it, right? They're the only ones, indeed, that do that. I get cut down. I get goosebumps when I think about doing this work because it's that powerful. And they just sit there, mm. eyes in a you know, yeah. in a, like a deer in a headlight. They go, "What the? Yeah. What just happened there?" Right. And so it's so important work. But the problem is, um, like people are just. Uh, so educated to not step out. They're mm. educated to conform. They're educated to comply. Why do you think comply. that is? Because we're well, going to get back to your four. It, it, pardon me, it's a... It's a function of academia. They teach rules. They teach compliance. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. At a very early age, my mother said, Roy, don't you dare break the rules. Mm-hmm. Roy, don't you dare so- uh, stand out. I had better not hear from your teacher that you did something that wasn't a... Pro- so it's baked into us. And I talked to young professionals just out of university, and they are absolutely woefully inadequate to do anything because mm-hmm. they're absolute, they're frozen. Okay, in the rules and pedagogy that they've been taught, and they don't know what to do. And so when I come along and I say, well, okay, we're going to step out, we're going to figure out new boxes, they're really uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And they can't move it. forward. It's hard to think out of the box, you know, when you, you've had that driven into you since, you know, stepping into a schoolhouse, whenever we're in school, however young you were. Now, you said you've got to be bold and courageous. Now, how did you embark on that journey of saying, I, I have to be different and I'm going to step beyond those bounds? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a guy that, that is always driven by context. Okay, and I am not tactically driven. And the example I'll use is everybody's jumping on the social media bandwagon. And I keep asking the question, why are you doing it? What's your strategy? And they say, well, I don't know, but I got to be on TikTok. And I said, no, you don't have to be on. You're choosing to be tactically driven. I want to understand the strategy that being on TikTok serves. 
And then we have that conversation. That's my life. My life is I'm a con- I'm a contextual person. I do nothing that isn't related to my context. And in this particular case, I figured out really early that that the, the way to be uh, to, the way to stand out in a way people care about is to be different. Yeah. Now, I want to make the point. This isn't about being different for the sake of being different. Mm-hmm. That's narcissism. I don't care about what the color of your hair is. I don't care about what your sexual. <laughs> That's a way to get are. followers, right? <laughs> On the well, social media, it, is I want to be different to be different to get yeah, followers. Well, but that—that's being dishonest, quite frankly. I, I agree. And yeah. so, from my perspective, being different is a way to achieve success in terms of satisfying what other people care about. Okay, so you're you're subordinating yourself to the needs of the people that you've chosen to serve. Mm-hmm. And I figured out really early that the way to do that is to be different. Yeah, it's risky. Yeah. It's painful. And it's hard work. And you have to be tenacious. But at the end of the day, it works. I think I actually got that from my mom. Oh, my good. mother, my good. mother was a hard nosed lady that Ooh. was born and raised in in, in Quebec. Uh, and she drove me. She drove the bejesus out of me in terms of achieving. And I I, I learned that, well, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't really have a choice. You're, you're going to have to. My mom said it, boom. I trusted I, her. That's it. I agree. Now, I, I want to go back to context. You said... Can you can you let me know just about your um, your thinking? Like, let's say you have a situation and you compare context. That's a little abstract for me when you say context and being different. Can yeah. You, so, yeah. So so uh, uh, for example, um, the 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 opportunity that I was presented to be the president of this early stage data company. Okay, is a great example because the context there was uh, the strategy that we needed to, to rapidly grow the business, right, and be successful and achieve superlative levels of performance. Okay, so the strategy that we built, and by the way, I had to create my own strategy process too because you know the the, the modern pedantics of the day didn't work for me because okay. I wanted to execute stuff. Everybody else wants to pontificate and talk about the intellectual side of planning, (laughs) which doesn't get you anything. And so the context was the strategy. What are the strategic imperatives? Okay, they guided and drove everything we did in that business. I mean, everything. We didn't chase tactics. I call that yummy incoming, by the way, Jody. If you want to if you want to run yourself crazy, go chase yummy. We never chased yummy. We had the strategic imperatives of the business. And those informed and directed everything that we did. Mm. So that's what I mean by context. A lot of dysfunction in our lives, in our careers, and in business comes from the discontinuity that exists between what you do and your plan. Mm. So the way to cut through that is make sure your plan, make sure you A, that you have a plan, and B, make sure that it is really granular so that you understand all of its implications and then then take action from that. But to act without context, okay, may make you busy, may make you feel good, but it won't get you very far in my experience. So what I'm hearing again is 
is really get the strategic imperatives down and and live by them in the business and is that different than a vision and mission statement are you are you really breaking down the um you know we are going after this client we will we will show that we care we will define target and focus who we serve with our competencies i mean how does that how is that different than a mission or vision statement? Well, missions and vision statements tend to be aspirational. Okay. Okay. They're, they're at the 30,000 foot level, helium filled balloons. Like, for example, there is a company around that, 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 that wants, wants to change the world. And that's their statement that they put out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's, there's a lot of them, a lot of them like that. Um, and I call it aspirational clutter, quite frankly, because to the marketplace, it doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. There's another uh, another company that wants to change the world by flying on, on the ground and in the air. And there's all sorts of things like that. The problem is, again, that's a view of yourself. And, and they, they do have some value, okay, in terms of promulgating the values in your organization that you ascribe to. But they're not very helpful in terms of achieving a certain position in the marketplace, simply because, A, they're not granular enough, and B, they don't necessarily relate to what your target market thinks. So they're aspirational. Yeah. And when you say granular, I know what that means in my mind. Can you define that word for our listeners? Yeah, it's detail. you got to be able to see it and and at the detail level. it, It presents... The kind of detail that will inform action, mm. okay. And generally speaking, when it comes to this kind of work, the state of of business these days, in particular, is that they seem to avoid <laughs> granularity. And the reason for that is they don't know what it is, and so that's why I'm hard on them. That's why the only statement is the way it is. But to answer your question, um, there's a process that I that I created that will actually get people to this place if they want to go there. And I'm suggesting you don't have to, but if you if you want to be special and stand out in the way people care about, then you may want to consider it. And it's a really simple little methodology. Uh, and it's called my strategic game plan. You can apply this to life. You can apply it to your career. You can apply it to business. It starts out with the question, how big do you want to be? Hmm. That's a question of growth. And in a business sense, it's top line revenue. How big do you want to be in 24 months? Not five years, because the fifth year never shows up, Jody. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy, right? And so you might say, well, I'm sitting at 5 million. I want to be 10 million in top line revenues in 24 months. Okay, good. And is where are you going to get the money? And that's the who do you intend to serve question that says, what are the customer groups that have the latent potential to deliver you your revenue growth? And this is hugely important. And this is where a lot of companies... And people fall down. This is where an understanding, okay, of your market is absolutely required, right? Because you don't want to go after the whole market because you spread yourself too thin. You don't have the bandwidth, right? And you don't achieve very much. So this is all about target marketing at a granular level. It could be, uh, I'm going to target the the demographic of uh, females over the age of 70 in downtown Vancouver, Okay, mm-hmm. it could be that granular because you believe they have the latent potential to deliver you your how big. 
The third question is, how are you going to compete and win in the who segments that you've just described? The answer to that question, Jody, is the only statement, because the answer is we're going to compete and win by being the only ones who. And that statement is relative relevant to the who segment you just described. So getting back to your question, visions and missions don't have a who. Yeah, they're so lofty. I mean, I love Peter Drucker when he said, you know, it's a helium filled balloon that means nothing to everybody. Mm-hmm. And yet they're promulgated by every organization and every guy, every person with three or four letters behind their name. I'm sorry, I'm being unkind, but it's true. You got to get down to basics. OK, and the basics are I'm serving you, Jody. OK, I'm going to figure out how you what you crave and I'm going to I'm going to do my best to provide you with the value, I think, and you'll tell me whether it's two, will actually make you happy and will delight you. And if I can do that, I'm on the right path. And it's not going to be because Roy aspires to be the most successful Norwegian in history. (laughs) All right? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Ain't going to happen that way, my friend. You got to get granular. Right. I love it that you're you're speaking about granularity or details because details will allow you to make a plan not only you know you will know what you need to do in that day in that week in that month etc and the best thing about all that detail is you can measure it all right you can come back again and say did we hit our our milestones in this plan how are we doing do we need to redirect do we need to change uh, our messaging etc it it will inform you about whether you're reaching or close to reaching the um you know the dollar revenue amount in that 24 month period and quite before so by having details you know exactly what to do, when to do it, how much talent needed need to hire to go after that, etc. Yeah, it drives everything. There's another really good example here. Think about your career plan. Okay, the application of what we're discussing in a career plan goes like this. The how big is basically what position do you want in 24 months? Mm, and yeah. it's not it's and it's not good enough to tell me that you want a job in marketing. I want to know specifically what position. Okay. All right, good. You want to be the vice president of marketing in 24 months. Okay, good. Right. The who now, which is, all right, who, where it's the, it's the analogy of target market. Only in this case, I call them the Fox. Who are the people in the organization that can help you? Who are the major decision makers? I call them the Foxes. Let's define the Fox, right? The third piece says, all right, when you talk to the fox, what are you going to say when you open your mouth about why they should pick you for the job? And this is the only statement. I'm the only one in this organization that has done literally every job in operations. And operations is important because that drives superlative performance. That's what I did. And guess what they said is, you know, you're right. I didn't realize that. And yeah. You are the only one that did it. I think you'll, I'll give you a try. Boom. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Yeah. 
And to define again, I, I think going back here, it's a great way to look and define how you are different. I think that's the key here is, is really looking at you, what you've done different from everybody else, and then being proud to use that only word because you can set yourself apart from others and make others understand that you are the only one who have had these experiences or can provide this level of expertise. Yeah. And, and look, at I get the fact that I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of people to use the word only because mm -hmm. they feel like, like, well, I can't, well, it's, it sounds kind of arrogant and egotistical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I get that. But you, what you have to understand is it, as long as it's true, then it's a helpful thing to say. Because what you're trying to do is communicate why somebody should look at you in a certain way. Okay, why somebody should expect that you can satisfy what they care about and nobody else. You're actually giving them a solution by through the only statement. Again, it's got to be true and you get, it's got to be consistent. And you can't be BSing them right. because they'll catch up real quickly and, sure. and that'll end everything. But, but be prepared to put your chin out. That's audacious. Mm. I mean, audaciousness drives success. There is no question about it. Now, if you don't want to do that, that's okay too. I'm not, this is not a prescription. This just says, if you want the journey, you have to be audacious. And it's not a matter of stepping outside the box. It's a matter of creating a new box. Mm. That's what I'm saying. It's a huge discontinuity, okay, from the past that we're talking about here. It's not a trend line, right? It's not, it's not a pivot, which by the way, I, hate the word pivot to <laughs> say i need to shift on my fulcrum i'm talking about getting away from that fulcrum creating a new one and going in a different direction imagine a world jody where audaciousness rules mm. where we are we are driven to create as opposed to copy what's on google everybody uses way too much google mm -hmm. and i say that's intellectually dishonest because when you copy somebody, you claim you're being innovative and you're not. You're just being a copycat. But imagine a world that is absolutely infused with creativity and uniqueness. Can you imagine that? Yeah. If everybody be... had an only statement, that's yeah. where we could go in we that direction. Sparkle. I mean, and Love what it does is it brings out, you know, every. It, first of all, it builds confidence to use the only statement. It builds it builds the ability to say i am different in this way and i'm going to tell you about it i'm not going to hide and kind of vanilla coat it and um, it would allow everybody to shine in their own particular way which is a beautiful thing frankly it is a beautiful i love the way you just said that Aww. well done <laughs> Thank you. I'm as, I'm aspiring. I'm I'm I am practicing audaciousness. <laughs> I'm you know, going around. No, but I believe everybody has. You know, again, I'm going to use this word that everyone's used, but their own special gift, but um, or their own specialness. And will they tell others about it? Will they tell everybody about their journey and how they did this and why they are who they are now sometimes some people can be vulnerable enough to do that i'm talking more life 
um, well, challenges. The, but the only thing that I think sometimes is in that's missing in in this conversation, and I, this isn't a criticism, but what's missing is it's fine to have a view of yourself, okay? Because that's a starting point, but it doesn't stop there. You know, you have got to have a special gift that matters to someone else. Mm. Otherwise, it's narcissism. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and just like I said earlier, it's not about being different for the sake of being different. It's about being different. It's about having a special gift. It's about being unique in a way other people care about, in a way that matters to other people. That is the growth piece because yeah. that actually that's the piece that allows you to 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 flex your muscles and 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 blow out your your chest. And, and make a difference to people around you. And that's, at the end of the day, what we want. We don't want a bunch of narcissists running around with a gift that only matters to their mom, okay? Yeah. <laughs> right. I, that's a great way to put that. <laughs> oh, yes, I like that. That's an important point. It's an important it is. point because it's missing in so many discussions. It is. It is. And, um, you know, one of a val- many values, mine particularly, is to serve. And by making it matter, you are serving you're serving others. And that's, that's where the magic begins is, and the success begins. So yeah, yeah, which I totally agree. So Roy, tell us how people can find out more about you find out more information about your books. Sure. Well, I have a website, it's called surprise be different or be dead.com. And, you know, I, I, this is not new for me, Jody, to be honest. I mean, I've been working at this since 2009 when I wrote my first book, mm. which is called Be Different or Be Dead, Your Business Survival Guide. So I've been at this differentiate, differentiate only statement for a long time. So there's lots of content on my website. I blog just about every week. I, that's mm. my schedule. And so you want to know about the only statement, you go on to my website and you can search for the only statement and you'll find all sorts of blog articles in there and content. And now since I've been doing a lot of podcasting, you'll also find podcasts such as this, where I've had the opportunity to talk to different hosts in a different way. This is the kind of cool thing about Mm. doing what I'm doing with you Mm. too, is like you've, you've actually triggered me to learn a bunch of different ways Mm. of approaching my stuff, which is pretty cool. So there's that on the website. Uh, yeah, there's a page that talks about my seven books, if you're interested in that. And the other thing is I I pride myself in trying to make myself available for people on an individual basis. So I have an email, roy.osing at gmail.com. And I'm really happy to ha- engage and have a conversation with individuals. Like, it's it's really cool. I get I get emails saying, hey, Roy, I heard you on the blah, blah, blah podcast, and I've created a draft only statement. What do you think? Oh, magic, magic. <laughs> and we have a conversation and and uh, hopefully they derive something from it and I've changed their life in a little bit, a little way. And if that's the case, then it's been a great day for me. Hmm. So generous of you, Roy, first of all, to spend this time with me on this podcast, but to also offer blogs and books and lots of rich stuff as well as potentially interacting with our listeners on their only 
audacious statement. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I got you. you. I got you. I got yeah. you only. I know <laughs> you did. Thank you so much. And it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be part of your show. Thanks, Jody. Appreciate it. Great. All right. You take care. And um, I will look forward to what the world creates based on their bold audaciousness. <laughs> I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com.